All right, here we go. My name's Jeff Kay, and you're listening to episode 222 of the world-famous West Virginia Surf Report podcast. everybody doing? I hope you're doing well. Episode 222, you know what it reminds me of? When I was a young, young lad, back in the early days, there was this TV show. It was a gentle TV show. It feels like it came on Friday night. I could be wrong. It was a very gentle sitcom. Had no edge to it whatsoever. (laughs) Every episode was full of, like, life lessons. and You know, there's a lot of hugging, I remember. It was called Room 222, and it was uh, set in a high school, probably in California. And um, I don't know, I don't remember much about it other than it was very gentle, very gentle. It was um, it, it, it was about these kids at this high school who all looked like they were in their 30s. <laughs> there was this one guy with a giant red afro, I remember. And, um, I mean, that guy looked like he was, like, you know, probably too old to be drafted, you know. But anyway, um, he was uh, he was he, he was a student there. There was uh, this young teacher early in her early in her teaching journey, played by Karen Valentine. Remember her? Uh, very cutesy, and um, she was there. She was kind of the star of the show. There's a black guy. I don't know. I don't remember his name. I don't remember the characters. He was very you know he's full of wisdom. He was like a mentor to her. There was this, like, curmudgeonly old bastard who was, like... Now, when I say curmudgeonly, I mean, it wasn't like, um, you know, it wasn't edgy. It was just, like, this guy just grousing all the time. He was the principal. And this, you know, it was, like, full of full of lessons. No hugging, no learning. That's Larry David's motto. They should have... <laughs> this thing was all hugging and all learning. But anyway, Room 222. Anybody remember that show? It sucked. It was terrible. Um, but anyway, um, while I was in West Virginia recently, uh, we were looking at this, looking at these pictures that my my grandfather took with his camera back in the '60s and '70s. And um, my parents had this big, like these big honking, uh, you know, picture albums. And inside there were pictures of uh, my brother um, holding this dog named Dusty from back. So the reason I know it's dusty is because it was on our it was at our house on 21st Street, which we moved to 17th when I was in fifth grade and when my brother was in fourth grade. So this was prior to prior to that, so it had to be dusty, right? My parents were like, I don't know, they're getting all the dogs all mixed up. They don't remember, you know, they can't keep track of it. I said, no, that's dusty, you know. So we started talking about dusty and our dogs and stuff. I thought today that I would uh, do that here. Give you guys a rundown of our dogs, the dogs I have known. Just some little anecdotes and a little feedback, little, uh, little you know, a little background on our dogs. The first one, the first dog that I that we ever had, and I don't know, nobody knows shit about this, including my mom and dad. They don't remember where this dog came from. 
you know, they're like, I don't know, you know. But, but we had this dog when we were very young, when my brother and I were very young, called Noodle. I don't know where it came from, but suddenly we had this dog. It was this little white dog. I have no idea. I don't think there's any pictures of him. But uh, anyway, he was like a smallish, not super small, but, you know, on the small side. And he he was white, and he was named Noodle, and he was bitey. He was aggressive. He would bite people. He was not nice. He was not a loving, you know, family dog that you can, oh, look at, oh, look at Noodle. That thing will, like, come at you. They come at you like some kind of a, you know, like some kind of rabid raccoon or something, you know. So, um, so he didn't last long. And I don't know what they did with him. You know, when I think back on it, the cl- the story is, and this is a cliche now, took him to a farm where he could run and be free. <laughs> I don't know what they did. I don't know. They disappeared his ass. But supposedly he went out to this 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 my my dad's grandmother, if you can believe it owned this farm and she was not very she was nasty too so they probably got along they'd probably get along with each other this noodle and her but anyway that's supposedly what happened to him so I, I don't i don't remember much about him other than we had to tie him up in the backyard because he would bite people and we couldn't afford him we, we couldn't you know couldn't let him run free because he'd bite somebody he'd bite one of the kids or bite some kind of you know the mailman or you know whatever he was he was aggressive he was bitey so that was short-lived. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know where Noodle came from, and I don't know where he ended up. <sighs> and nobody can really fill me in on the story. And then the next dog, the first real dog. I don't. I don't consider. I don't consider Noodle. I, I feel like that was an aborted mission. You know, I don't think that really took flight. You know what I'm saying? The first real dog that we had was this Australian Terrier named uh, Dusty. And that's the one that was in the picture. He was a good dog. He was a great dog. He was smart. He was full of energy. He was a pup, basically. And he, and he ran. My parents allowed him. When I think back on this, as particular and anal as they are, I mean, you go to their house and there's like nothing. It's like a museum in there. And they, you know, I mean, everything's in its place. There's not a not any dust anywhere. Everything's just perfection. You know, it's like a museum. To, and 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 they're very particular, but they allowed this dog Dusty to just run free. The thing just ran free. They just opened the door, and the thing would just take off like a rocket. I mean, he was young, and he was full of life, and he was full of energy, and he would just run all over town. There'd be people coming to us and saying, "Hey, I saw that dog of yours." Oh my God, that phone! I saw that dog of yours, um, all, you know, I saw him up on Rock Selena Road or something. He was like, he, like I don't know, thing would like cross the bridge, go across the toll bridge and go over into Spring Hill or something, you know. People would see him all over town, see him down in east end of the town. And um, this dog would just run free, which is like totally, um, you know, like totally uh, against, you know, out of character what my parents are like. I mean, they're so particular. So anyway, um, so he, 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 was, he was around for about two years. And then I'll give you three guesses what happened to him. That's right. He got ran over by a car right in front of me, too, and my brother. I think my brother was there. Let me turn this phone off. Hang on a second. I'm gonna, hang on a second. All right. Okay. Took care of that. Anyway, so one day, I think it was a Sunday. It feels like it was a Sunday. I don't know why I feel that way, but I feel like it was a Sunday, maybe a Saturday. 
uh, me, my dad, and um, my brother, we're going to go to a Charleston Charlies game, which is a triple-A baseball team. And um, we were planning to go there that evening. And uh, somebody, one of us opened the door, which is, nor- you know, you know, nothing, you can't blame. All right, so we open the front door to go outside, and Dusty comes rocketing out, goes, he's like tiny, he's like a little dog. He goes under, there's a car parked in front of our house, you know, on the street, right in front of our house. He goes under, he goes rocketing under that car, out the other side. There's a car coming down the street, driven, by the way, by a guy named Billy Croson. <sighs> I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, you know, I mean, I've kind of forgiven him, but uh, not totally. <sighs> And I mean, I don't want to carry around. This is from like what, 1972 or 73. I don't want to carry around a grudge too long, but uh, driven by Billy Croson, and he ran over, ran over Dusty, killed him. God, right in front of us. Traumatic, traumatic, terrible. But that dog ran all over town. It was like a it was, and it it um, you know, I don't I don't understand how they allowed that. That thing would be like, hey, we saw your dog up in Charleston. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, that's an exaggeration. But they, people would report that they see him. He would be all over the place. He'd go out on his adventures, come back. You know, he'd always come back. He was smart. But, um, he, you know, he had his adventures. He, had, he lived a life. He lived a full life. Uh, it was only two years long, but it was full. It was packed. <laughs> he had his adventures. Poor Dusty. Ah. Uh. And we didn't get to go to the Charleston Charlies. You know, that thing kind of destroyed everything. There was a lot of crying. Poor, ah, it was traumatic. It was terrible. But anyway, uh, so the next dog we got, I think the, I think we got him after we moved to 17th Street. I don't, I don't remember him being over on um, 21st. I don't remember him being in a house. All I remember him is being on 17th Street. Um, his name was Scooby. That's right, Scooby. And he was uh, he was quite the quite the memorable dog. He was also an Australian Terrier, purchased from the same breeder as Dusty. And uh, but this one, eh, not quite as smart. <laughs> my dad, this is a you know my dad say I think that dog's retarded, you know. And um you know there's reason there's reason to say that because uh. He wasn't very. He wasn't very smart. He had. He also had. Um. He had also had a severe skin condition where he would just like flake. His skin was flaky all the time. He was always like digging at his. You know, like chewing at his. Like flaking. That dog was just flaking off all the time. He had epilepsy. He would have seizures. He had a pronounced underbite, and he had. Um. You know. I mean, apocalyptic flatulence. I mean, there is. I have never in my life experienced such a pungent. I mean, it was like when he would let off, when he would, when he would vent off. <laughs> you know, it would. I mean, it would be like a punch to the face. It was so strong and powerful. I mean, um, and but he was a great dog. We loved him, and um, you know, we called him. He was known as the King of Dogs. That's what we called him. Me and my brother. And um, there's, I mean, we used to put like make crowns for him, you know. We used to build like a, uh, 
a throne, what, what we called a throne, you know, basically just stack a bunch of pillows up and stuff. And we'd sit him up there and put his crown on because he was the king of dogs. We loved him, and he was very, you know, he went along with all this shit, you know, and he would you know, look like, you know, I know people say that dogs can't smile, but I, I beg to differ. He seemed like he was smiling sometimes. He seemed like he was happy. He had a happy life. The thing about this dog, though, um, he used to, like, so we had a fence around the house, uh, on that around that house. And if he got out, if he got outside the fence, if somebody left the fence open or the gate open, which happened all the time, mostly the mailman, you know, the stupid mailman would um, leave the gate open and that, and Dust or Scooby would go, he'd just, he'd just go, do dee do dee do just walk straight out and just start walking. Cause, and he was, I mean, too stupid. I mean, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to besmirch the good name of Scooby. But um, he was too stupid to find his way home. So he would just, like, walk straight out the gate. And it, it sounded like that. It was like, do dee do do dee do And he would just walk and walk and walk and never come back, you know. So we'd have to go out and find him. Or he'd, we'd never see him again. He'd just keep walking and walking and walking. He didn't have any idea how to get home, you know. And we were afraid we had those visions of Dusty getting run over. You know, we had, it was scary when he got out, and we'd have to go. We'd the whole family would fan out and go in different directions, and we'd track him down. He'd be, we'd find him somewhere like blocks away, just like oh, do <laughs> Okay, you get my point. But um, so he 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 was not not super bright, but we loved him. We loved him, even though he had. He had the skin condition and the flatulence and the pronounced underbite and the epilepsy. You know, at, at some point, my my dad would lock him because he was like didn't want to deal with him. Like he would have seizures. I don't know. Uh, uh. But for some reason, there was a period where he was locking him in the in the utility room with the washer and dryer at night. They had a bed in there, but he didn't want him wandering around the house. This is like the early, this is the, a precursor to the crate that people put dogs in now. So he, he'd go in there, he'd, he, he had a bed in there, and um, he'd close the door, and um, the dog would uh, shit sometimes, shit in the floor. Uh, he, he, he's, not, he's not a Rhodes Scholar, this Scooby, you know. So then when my dad would open the door <laughs> the next morning to let him out, There'd be a like there'd be a big pile a pile right behind the door, so he'd slide and it would create this big arc, you know, and drag the sh you know, and he'd be in there like ah, like flipping out. I mean, he was never mean to him, but um, anyway, so there's a there's a great story about uh about uh, Scooby. I told you his 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 apocalyptic flatulence. So one, my parents were involved in the uh, the planning of a 25th uh, class reunion for their high school class reunion. And so this would have been, I think they graduated in 61. Was it 61 or 60? I don't know. So it was 85 or 86 when this happened, right? And um, so there was a planning committee over at, their over at our house. Sometimes they'd have meetings at our house. They were My mom and dad were involved in this. So one day there were people over there, you know, talking about the the class reunion, 
Scooby was behind the couch. He would get behind the couch, sleep behind the couch and the wall, like between the couch and the wall behind it. So nobody even knew he was in there. And he, he, he was in there, and everybody's in there talking. And uh, next thing you know, he lets out one of his atomic bombs. He, he releases, you know, he, he drops one of his bombs. And um, everybody's looking at each other like, did you do that? Did you? My dad's like laughing. I mean, he when he tells a story, even now he just he can't stop laughing. He said everybody's looking at each other, and I don't think I don't know I don't think they even I don't know I don't know. But anyway, um, so there's these two people sitting on the couch, and I know both of them are sorta. I mean, I know I know who they are, and um, which makes it funnier. But they're like looking at each other like, did you do that? What what the? Is a man and a woman, right? So then. After the things over, I guess they didn't even tell anybody. No, I don't. I guess I guess my parents didn't even say, "Well, that's the dog," or maybe they didn't know about it or something. Maybe they, maybe the, the 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 stench didn't drift all the way over to where they were sitting. I don't know. But after the woman left, um, my dad worked with. He went to high school with this guy, and he he worked with him too. They both were firemen. They were both firefighters. So um, so he knew him. You know him. After everybody left, he was he's he was this guy stuck around, and he goes, and he was talking about that woman that was sitting beside him. He goes, you know, you know, John, I think I think that bitch shit on me. <laughs> My dad just told me this the other day, and um, he goes, I think that bitch shit on me. I was like, I never heard this version of events. He goes, well, I cleaned it up for you guys, but uh, when you were younger, then I was like. <laughs> so um, uh, he just laughs and laughs and laughs about that. That dog's behind the couch. Just, I mean, he would, he would, uh, the the paint would come off. You know, he would take varnish off a door. The the stench that he would release. Poor old Scooby. Then he was old. I mean, I don't know. He's ten. It doesn't. It seemed like he was really old. He was around 10 years old, and something happened to him. I don't know if he had a stroke. He was all messed up, and uh, we took him to the we we took him to the vet and everything, and they said, nah, uh, something. I, I don't remember the details, but they said you're gonna have to put him to sleep. I mean, you can take him home, but he's you know you're gonna have to. This is gonna have to be dealt with. So, so they they brought him home, and I was like, oh God, you know. So heartbroken. I mean, he was around for ten years. He was a good dog. He wasn't. He had his faults, but he was a good dog. He's a good family dog. We loved him. You know, we really did. And um, and they were like, "Do you want to go?" I was like, "This is I don't know." I was I was in high school at this point. They're like, "Who wants to go when we when we have this done?" I said, "I don't want to have anything to do with that." You know, I don't. You can count me out. You know. I don't know who went, but I didn't. And I went to, uh, I remember for some reason, I don't know how I remember this, I went up to Charleston on the day they were having him put put down. I went up to Charleston and bought tickets to see the Jefferson Starship at the uh, Charleston Civic Center. So I don't know. I went up there. I was with some friends, and we went up there and bought tickets for this for this thing. And then at some point, I was by myself in the car, and I was just like sobbing, you know, just crying over this, over the, over the, over the king of dogs, the loss of the king of dogs, you know. I don't know. It's a hard thing, you know. And he, he was a great dog, so I mean, he he was, yeah, he had his issues, but he was great. We loved him. So that's that was him. And 
at that point, I didn't have a, I, at that point, uh, you know, I moved out. I didn't have any dogs, of course, so I had apartments and shit. Until we moved here and we got the great Andy, Black Lips Houlihan, finest dog. I mean, I, I will fight a man if they just, they think that they have a better dog than Andy. They got, he was smart. He's a border collie. He's smarter than some people I know, and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. That's not even a joke. He was super smart. He was great. He was sweet and wonderful, and he was he was funny and he was loving and everything, everything you could hope for in a dog. And he, we had him for 17 years. He was a little neurotic. He had a little. He, he was neurotic, like he would. Um, I don't know, any any kind of change threw him for a loop. He wanted everything to be exactly the same all the time, you know. And I mean, it, it, we have people like if we go out on if we're going to be gone for like many hours, like if we go to New York City or something, we leave early in the morning, come back late at night. We'd have you know a friend stop in, like a friend of Tony's would stop in. So would you mind stopping in, make sure you let Andy out, and uh, you know maybe see if he has water, make sure you know check on him and stuff. She goes, yeah. So she'd come over here, and Andy would be, you know, his hair would be standing straight up on his back, look like a razorback hog, <laughs> you know. I mean, he was a ner- We put him in a kennel one time early, like in the early days when we first got him, and he was, like, losing hair, you know. He was, like, so neurotic. I mean, clumps of hair were falling out, you know. So we never did that shit again. So we were, like, we couldn't do much. We couldn't travel where we would spend the night. You know, because because of him, so that we didn't travel for years and years. We went to England, and um, I took I took him down. We met halfway. My parents met me halfway between their house in West Virginia and our house up here, and we just hand, I handed him off. And my parents took him for that period of time when we we're in England, and they spoiled him. And when when I went to pick him up and brought him back to the house here. He was like he was in a he was down in the dumps. He wanted to stay with them because they took him for multiple walks every day. I mean, he was living the life of a king, you know. You know. So anyway, um, he was great. He was wonderful. Um, we had him for seventeen years. Seventeen years. And um, I mean, my kids don't even didn't even remember a life without him. You know. I mean, that is a long run for a dog. And he's like, he's not a tiny little dog either. It was like a, he was a pretty sizable, I mean, a midsize, on the large side of the midsize dog, you know. He was not tiny. And um, we had him forever, and he was great. And, um, you know, when he, uh, again, something was wrong with him, he, he's just old, you know, I don't know. He was starting to fail. He was really old. And we, the doctor, it was the same things with Scooby. Uh, you know, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to make a decision. And I was like, oh no, no, not my beloved Black Lips Houlihan. No. And so Tony was like, do you wanna? Who's gonna go? Because we're gonna have to take it, take care of this today. You know, she's being the, she's the strong one. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I said, I don't want to have anything to do with this. Just like I did with Scooby. You know. I said I don't want to have I don't want to be anywhere near that. So I said my goodbyes to him. He was so out of it. I don't even know. He, I don't even know if he knew where he was at. 
and they all went over there. I didn't go because I don't. I don't. I don't want to be a part of that. No way. You know. I mean, you can call me a coward if you want, but I, I don't want to have anything to do with that shit whatsoever. So uh, he uh, he he had a great life. He was wonderful. You know. And I was blubbering, you know. I mean, I don't. I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm dead inside, like I have no emotions. But uh, you know, I um, you know the only thing I can bring it around is baseball and and dogs. <laughs> That's the only thing that can like get me uh, worked up. But anyway, um, so anyway, he was great. He we had a great run with him. He was he was the best. He was. He was, I mean, I, like I said, I can't imagine a better dog than Andy, the great Andy. So that was, that's my history with dogs. My parents had other dogs, too. They had this dog named Tojo. I don't know why they named him Tojo. Wasn't that that guy that um, was in charge of bombing Pearl Harbor? <sighs> I don't know. It feels like it. I mean, I guess I could do some research. Anyway, they named him Tojo. My mom did. And um, he was a good dog, but um, he had the, he always had stomach problems. And um, they had to cook him. I don't. They were cooking him food. I mean, they they were they would literally cook him like his his meals. They would cook stuff on the stove. They would make hot dogs, hamburgers. You know, <laughs> they would like cook patties, hamburger patties. They would have like I don't know, maybe like a, a chicken breast. You know, they would cook him this food. And the thing would like have these. I don't know. It was all messed up. His stomach was all messed up. This is later in life. He was all right at the beginning. He was good. He was kind of hyper, but um, he was a good dog. I mean, he wasn't on the same level as the great Andy. Let's not get carried away. But he was, you know, he was a good dog. I liked him. You know, no problem. And then later in life, he, he started developing these problems with his stomach. And they started cooking him food, like burgers and shit. And I'm like, I don't know if that's helping him. I, I mean, I'm no expert, but... um. They were like, no, he can't tolerate like food. So they were cooking him stuff. I don't know if they talked to the vet. They probably did. But um, and the thing would like shoot these jets of shit down the hall. The thing would like go off and and just like, just like a cannon blast of liquid feces. <laughs> and he would like sometimes he'd be in the hallway. I can remember him being, oh, hearing stories about it. Thankfully, I wasn't around when these when he would go off like this. You like stand in the hallway and just shoot a blast of uh, of coal black liquid feces <laughs> down down the like almost the entire length of the hall. You know, this thing would go off. The thing was like it was like a power shitter, and I don't know. I mean, at the at the end, he was like doing that all the time. Ah, that's the that's the bad point. That's the bad. They don't last very long. Dogs. Andy lasted seventeen years. It felt like it wasn't nearly enough, and usually they don't last that long. And then they get sick at the end. Ugh. I don't think we're ever going to get another dog. <sighs> My parents had two other dogs that were from the same litter, different different fathers. They were like brother and sister, but they had they didn't look anything alike. They had different fathers from the same litter. Like I didn't even know that was possible. And I might add, what a tramp! I know you're not supposed to slut, sh- slut shame, but I mean, what the hell, man? You know what the hell's going on? They didn't look anything alike. One of them was white and like a poodle-like, and the other one looked—I don't know. One of them looked like a dachshund, like a wiener dog. 
weird. But anyway, they had to, they weren't very nice either. They were a little on the noodle side, kind of aggressive. I mean, they weren't aggressive with me. If they knew you, they were fine and they were they were good. They like I think that I think that Pepper, the the wiener dog, the black one, I think he was around. I think he lived 18 years. I think he lived longer than Andy. That's crazy, 18 years, but um, they're, all, they're, they're all gone. None of us have dogs anymore. It's a shame. I love dogs. Dogs are the best, but um, too much. You can't travel. You can't go out of town. You can't spend the night. you got to have somebody watch them. It, like, limits your life, but they're wonderful. I love them. Until the end when they start getting sick and shooting a rainbow of black, just a black rainbow <laughs> down your hall. I mean, I, I, that's when things are, and then you got to put them, oh, you got to put them down. I'm like, I don't want to have anything to do with this. I'm going to go buy some Jefferson Starship tickets, all right? And then, you know, I'm going to pretend this isn't happening, and then I'm going to be, dri- you know, driving you know, down the boulevard in Charleston, blubbering, all right? Uh, I, don't, I don't have anything to do with this. All right, anyway, <sighs> hope you enjoyed that. I do have two phone calls. One of I had three. One of them is from Ian. Yeah, I think he got cut off in the first one, and he's talking to me. This is a follow-up on Downton Abbey. He was giving me, um, I don't know, he gave me some shit for watching Downton Abbey or for saying that I liked it or something. And I, and somebody called in and said, well, I think that the, the Scots, you know, Ian's, Ian's in Scotland. He goes, I don't think the Scots don't like the Brits, you know. And I, I assumed that he was uh, – saying it wasn't manly, you know. So there was like this confusion on why 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 the such criticism, such hurtful criticism. <laughs> you know. So he called in to uh explain himself why he was criticizing me for watching Downton Abbey. And I think the thing cut him off and then there was a second part of the call of the call, but the second one sounds like this. Oh. It. Oh. You know was breaking up. I mean, there was literally, you couldn't hear one word. So this is the first half, and I, I, it gets the point across, right? I, I mean, he under, I understand what he's saying now, and um, and here it is. Hey, Jeff, it's uh, Ian in Scotland here, calling from my work van, uh, doing my day job of delivering wheelchairs around Tayside, between, currently between uh, Brief and Crows. Anyway, let's get this thing cleared up, shall we? Um, okay, so probably a bit of both, I think. Um, I think it maybe is slightly, um, let's say, unmanly. That's kind of historical shit, but yeah, unmanly to watch period dramas. Uh, Full stop. Period. Oh. Um, and also a bit of the Scottish English thing going on there as well. Now, just to clarify, I'm not like your uh, other caller's friend in Glasgow, injecting mainline in whiskey and drinking iron brew and survivor on deep fried foods and heroin. I'm no groundskeeper Willie type. Um, raven nationalist, although I do believe Scotland should be an independent country, um, getting slightly political here. But, so I, I have nothing against English people at all. Um, what, my, my wife was English. 
I love English culture. I prefer, let's say, um, Led Zeppelin to some kind of bagpipe music, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of British culture that Scotland and English shares that it's a rich tapestry. Okay, but um, I have nothing against uh, anybody from England, from Newcastle, Liverpool, Birmingham, you name it. It's a class thing. So this is the upper class English. Uh, I say, let's get to Scotland and shoot some birds. What? That'd be jolly. Spitting. So that, that kind of riles a lot of Scottish people. All right. So it's not so much that it's not like the guy said, called in. It wasn't the Brit part. It's the class part. I gotcha. Gotcha. I understand that. And they did do a lot of that. Let's go. Let's go up to Scotland and shoot shoot some geese or whatever. I got gotcha. you. And also the manly part. I knew that was part of it. I, I knew. I know it's not manly to watch Downton Abbey, but that was a very popular show. And I have a feeling that I'm not the only dude watching that show. I mean, that's not that's not really a defense, is it? But anyway, um, thanks for calling Ian. Um, I do appreciate the clarification. And you're driving around in a van delivering wheelchairs. That's cool. All right. There you go. Um, I see your pictures on Instagram. Beautiful. God. Unbelievable. That's beautiful country you live in. So anyway, thanks for calling. Call back anytime you want. I appreciate it. And um, I'm going to still continue watching Downton Abbey, though. We're in the final season. And then there's a movie. And then there, I think they're making an... They're making a second movie. I'm going to watch all of them. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. This next call um, is from Ice Cycle 66. And um, here it is. Now, I take your damn website. You see, I take, I pay for the only reason I go to it is so I can see the damn smoking fish and where it's been around the world, and Ireland and Canada and what have you. And I'm going to Antarctica now and I, I can't find a damn link. If you some bitches can't put a damn link, some guy, some motherfucking click man thing, I can make a print out of it, take a picture of it in front of a mountain or penguins or something, some such and shit. And, and man, I just want to see the smoking fish and where it's been. Uh, hey Jeff, this is Ice Cycle 66. Um, I'm gonna be out of the loop for a while. I got a gig cooking in Antarctica, and I was looking to bring the uh, fish with me. And uh, what the shit, man? You don't have the fish's uh, journeys anymore. Uh, keep keep going, keep doing the podcast. It's good stuff. I'm gonna download a bunch of them, and bring them with me, and uh, there better be a bunch to listen to when I come back. All right. Well. There is, uh, okay, um, I'll link to it in the show notes. There is a place on my website where you can download the flyer, and I'll, I'll, I'll include that in the show notes, where you can download the Surf Report flyer, and then you can take pictures when you travel the world with the smoking fish, right? And um, it's still up there. It's just, I know, I don't make it real easy to find. I understand that. I don't really update that anymore. But um, I will, uh, I'll put that in the show notes so you can do that. Antarctica, man, or is it Antarctica? All right. But anyway, that sounds cool. You know, I do have a picture in the gallery of the smoking fish in front of some penguins. And it was supposedly in Antarctica. But um, I don't know. I always felt like maybe that's not real. (sighs) 
if you, I mean, it, it, I think it is. But some of those pictures that people used to send in back in the day when we used to have that, some of them are phony baloney. You know, they're not real. I think the Antarctica ones are real, but um, there's always this little bit of doubt. So I had like a, every continent. I had smoking fish pictures on every continent, you know, and um, I don't know. I, so if, you, if you're going to Antarctica, I would, I would love some pictures with the smoking fish. I'll link to it, and you can see it at surfreportpod.com. So. And I enjoyed the, uh, I enjoyed that little uh, performance at the beginning. It was fun. I thought it was Eugene when that, when I first heard the when I first heard the uh, I started listening to that uh, to the to your voicemail. I thought it was uh, my buddy Eugene from Wheeler's Dog podcast. But uh, anyway, thank you, Ice Cycle sixty six. You're a long time surf reporter from way back. I appreciate you sticking with me. And thank you guys for everything. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you have any, um, if you want two of these a week, if you want two of this high-level comedy, <laughs> you can do it. Head on over to Patreon. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Jeff K. Sign up for a $4 or more monthly donation. You'll get two of these episodes a week instead of a measly one. And that's every single week. Not every once in a while, not once a month. That's for suckers. Every week, you get an extra episode for a, for a mere $4 a month. You won't even notice that because it's $4. And it helps me. And in return, you'll get an extra episode. So everybody wins. So do that today. Patreon.com slash Jeff K. And if you want to call in, like Ian and Ice Cycle, you can give me a call round the clock. I have it all set up. There's a whole infrastructure infrastructure god I feel like i'm having like, it's like some kind of stroke victim or something <laughs> anyway um the number 570-290-8151 again 570-290-8151 give me a call if you have a comment leave them you know ask a question whatever make a suggestion what have you you can do that 24 hours a day it's voicemail and um i'll almost certainly use it in a future episode unless it's just you know racial slurs and stuff like that i probably won't use that but anyway um so do that if you're interested if you want to, if you want to check out the uh the new podcast website surfreportpod.com expanded show notes pictures and stuff i'll have i'll try to have pictures i don't have any pictures of noodle but i'll try to have pictures of the other dogs including the late great black lips Hulahan, andy angie as we called him oh man anyway so you can check that out, surfreportpod.com. And if you want to follow my exploits at the $10 scratch-off project, ah, it's painful. It causes me emotional pain, that thing. I thought for sure, you buy 52 $10 scratch-offs, one of them's got to pay off, and one of them's got to be $500, right? Or more, $500 or more, right? Out of 52 of them? Well, I'm not getting any shit. I'm not, I'm not getting jack shit, I'm like 34, 34 weeks into this project. God, what kind of bullshit? Man. Anyway, it's at the WVSR.com slash scratch off. You can follow it. I mean, it's all there in a spreadsheet. So check it out if you're so inclined. And we're at the end of this thing. Hope you enjoyed it. I will be back soon over on the Patreon side. And until then, you guys have yourselves a fine, fine day. I'll see you. 
Bye. Oh,